Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again for our radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all can be with us. Also, let's tune in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could join us again via our podcast. We're excited to welcome Anna Hamayoun to our broadcast today. She's the author of a book I had a chance to read that I think you guys are going to really enjoy, especially as we're starting a new school year, but even for us adults. The book is called Erasing the Finish Line, the new blueprint for success beyond grades and college admission. This is a book I think will be great for students to be able to, to discuss with, but also I think for us as adults as we kind of look at what success looks like for us and also for young people as well. We're going to talk to Anna not only about the extreme response to the book, but also what she hopes you as readers are able to take away from it as well. Anna, really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for the time. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Well, it is it is great to see this book getting the recognition that it is, Anna, because I have to say, you know, I, I have, when I first was pitched the book, I was excited about reading it, but then after reading it, I knew I wanted to talk to you about about some of these individuals you introduced us to. What has it been like for you, Anna, to see the way that people are responding to it? Oh, I, the whole journey of this book, so it's my fourth book. I've been working with students for over 20 years. This has been just an honor all the way through. Um, to be able to visit with my students again after 15 years, share their stories, learn their stories, and to share them has been just extraordinary. And I'm really, you know, I was really in gratitude for all of the process. And I think when, you know, this is my, again, as I said, this is my fourth book, so it was a very different mindset for me that, you know, I was able to say exactly what I wanted to say. Um, I worked with a great editor um, at Hachette, and he was just really open to my vision. And so I just felt so grateful. And the reception has been lovely. Um, You know, people, once they read the book, they're like, wow. Um, And it leaves them with stuff to think about that they want to talk about, kind of like what you're saying, which I love, which I think it's just the beginning of those conversations. And I think this is the important thing. Anna, you don't know this about me personally, but for our audience here on the radio side that's been with me for the past 20 years, they know I did not go to college. Uh, I don't have mm-hmm. any any broadcast experience, but I've been able to make a mm-hmm. really good career in this for the past 20 years. And it's been my mm-hmm. pleasure to share with people, one, that I have nothing against college. It, just, it was not the path that I thought was right for myself, and I, was, I always knew that, even though my family thought otherwise, but they were willing to go with me. <laughs> they see the results. I, I love that this book is able to balance this because it does talk about, of course, the, the excitement that students can feel about, you know, about going to, you know, to higher education, to going to college, but also the anxiety and what can be the pitfalls. What was it like for you to have those conversations about both the excitement of the experience, but also the anxieties that can come with it? Well, I think it's really important to step back and say that, you know, all students should be able to carve their own pathway to success. And when we focus on, hyper-focus on any one thing as a faulty finish line, whether that's college, whether that's a job, whether that's moving out of your parents' house, whatever it is, it loses sight of these underlying skills um, and these habits and these routines that I talk about in the book. 
And for me, what I've found over the last, you know, 20 plus years is our hyper focus around college admissions and the salty finish line has created a next level anxiety because we're so focused on that one piece that we miss the whole conversation about um, how do we expand every student's notion of success? How do we help each student build the skills that no matter what they do, no matter where they go next, they, ha they feel prepared, um, that they feel organized, and that they are able to manage and learn how to do things. And I think that, again, is why the subtitle of the book is so important on uh, the new blueprint for success beyond grades and college admissions. Uh, one of the, the individuals we're able to meet of your students is Nira, and I, and I mentioned Nira to you before we went on here because I really love the fact, the honesty, for one thing, of, of Nira's experience, but also the, the epiphany it seems like Nira was able to have. And I want to share a bit of that and we talk about it. It's in the chapter Start at the Beginning on page 35 for those who have the hardcover of the book. Well, Kanira said this, we live in a world where you're probably always going to have a lot on your plate and you're never going to have time to get everything done to the ability or level that you want. Learning how to manage my anxiety and stress in therapy was probably one of the best things I ever did in my life because it put me in such a good place to work well and also feel fulfilled and happy and not put all my stock or worth into my work product. I love that because before that, we were able to see how Nira was trying to fit in, right, was trying to be able to do the yes. thing that she thought the cool people were doing, but there was, there was a price to pay for that. What was it like for you to see examples like Nira and what they were able to learn through their experience on it? Well, you know, with Mira, one of the things that was so refreshing is, now, this is what's great with all these students, is I remember what they were like at 14, 15, 16. So to <laughs> meet with them at 29, 30, 31 is just, was, I, I truly thought it was a gift. And, you know, that underlying anxiety, I don't think I fully recognized when she was in high school. You know, and I think that that is a really good, important thing for all readers to recognize is that we don't know all the things that kids are experiencing and how they're experiencing them. So kids can present to us, and especially in her story, her grades were pretty much straight A's. And so you would, a lot of times I hear from parents, oh, my child's doing great, she's getting straight A's. But this underlying anxiety that happens below the surface is really troubling, right? Yeah. Um, so what I, what I think for me, what was so great to see about her over the years, you know, was that she was able to create connections outside of school that helped build her confidence in the classroom and in the school community. And then over time, she just became really, you know, content with who she was in the world. Um, you know, so I, I'm just, it was such a gift. And, you know, it's so funny you mentioned her story because several parents have reached out to me saying, my daughter is very much like Nira, and I hope that, you know, I, I was emailing with Nira maybe a couple of weeks ago to tell her about the book, and she knew about the book, and, and she had interviewed for it, but, you know, we changed all the identifying details, and she said, you know, I really think the book is going to help a lot of people, and so that yeah. was the spirit in which she went into to being part of the story, which I was super grateful for. And, and Anna, there are other examples in the book, too, that I think really stand out. And, and one that I definitely want our audience to, to take away from this is that there is not a one-size-fits-all. And even though we, mm -hmm. we all know that, I think, right, we all know that mm -hmm. what works for one does not work for all, there is, of course, mm -hmm. a pattern that some kind of feel like you're supposed to go through, 
right? And mm-hmm. you talk about this in the chapter, Different Pathways, and you, where you're talking about this uh, race on the finish line, you, you write this, for those who have the hardcover on page 139, with the faulty finish line that college admissions has become, parents and students often assume that every student should be naturally ready to leave home and go away to college and live on their own once they mm-hmm. graduate from high school at 17, 18, or 19 years old. And then you go on, though, to talk about what the reality of that is. What has that part of the conversation been like? Because I think it's not just for the students, Anna. Parents have an idea, too, of what's supposed to happen with their children. So what's that conversation been like on that end? Well, it's been interesting because it's really changed over the years. Um, And I will tell you that I've always been having that conversation because there's always to whom I feel um, they're not ready uh, yet. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they won't ever be ready, but at this artificial line of, you know, after 12th grade. And so over the years, a lot of families, you know, my office is in Silicon Valley, and people have an expectation of what the next step looks like, become sometimes very frustrated with me when they don't get the news they want. And But what I've found happen is that that level of number of students that aren't ready yet has amplified since the pandemic. And sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a grieving process for parents because, you know, they always envision themselves in this, you know, this next step for their child, and it's not happening on the timeline that they envisioned or thought or in the way they thought. I just spoke with a parent the other day whose child had, you know, a 4 or 5 GPA and near-perfect SAT scores and all these things and really struggles with executive functioning skills, which is what I talk about in the systems part of the book around you know, being able to organize, plan, and prioritize and start and complete tasks and be an adaptable thinker, and then also struggles communicating. He says he's not a good communicator, but he has these great grades. And I said, well, you know, these are life skills and life management skills that you're going to need if you move away from home. And so to just think that your grades and your test scores mean that you're ready to do that isn't fair. Um, isn't fair to this kid and isn't fair to the family um, who is creating these expectations that may not fit. And you are absolutely right. This, the goal of this book is to provide practical solutions, ideas, thoughts, ways of adapting to your family, to your student, to your school community to support and meet every student where they're at. So whether you're a educator, whether you're an administrator, whether you're a parent, and whether you're a student, as you said, you know, reading these stories can be really enlightening and uplifting. Yeah. I want to talk about another example, if you don't mind, on, and that is with Christopher. Mm-hmm. Christopher's story is another powerful one. I should let our audience know here that Mississippi uh, is talked about in this book as well. So for our radio audience, uh, you definitely have another reason for you guys to pick up this book. But Christopher's situation is one, again, that people can relate to, I think, because mm-hmm. it, it I could feel the emotion even in reading. And I'm curious, what was it like for you in having the conversation with Christopher about reflecting on his own, you know, you know, taking tests and thinking about school and, and, and finding his place. What was that like for you, Anna? Well, for Christopher, Christopher's story, I, I remembered at the time really deeply. Um, you know, he had navigated Hurricane Katrina. And, um, and visiting with him, again, was really emotional in a lot of ways because the – the person who really supported him had just passed. 
and one of the people. And so I didn't know that until our first conversation, and I had known that person. And, you know, reflecting on the journey, and, you know, one of the things that was interesting is sometimes I don't remember, you know, what their college acceptance decisions were. You know, I mean, I've worked with all these students, and I don't remember where they got accepted or rejected, but he had told me, you know, I was accepted everywhere but um, Tulane, which was probably a good thing because I probably I wouldn't have had that exposure. I would have gone right back home. And, you know, how that he's navigated the world. There's definitely – so there's, this is what I want people to also realize is that there's no one right solution. There's no good, bad. There's just different. You know, you could easily argue that it's just about challenging to, lo- to leave your home and your community in, 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 um, in search of different opportunities that may be economically more mobile for you, but you lose a lot too. And there's no solution, no one right solution for anyone. And, but if you can focus on the underlying skills that we want every kid to have, no matter what community they come from, no matter what their background, we really can start to support every student in, in building a life for themselves that, um, that, is, that is, you know, the best it possibly can be. Right. Anna, the last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, the world that we live in with technology, namely, of course, social media. And you talk about, you know, the world online and the course, you know, in real life. What has that been like for you to navigate? Because you share your own personal experience of what it's been like for you to kind of see how all of this has developed and impacted students. So what was it like for you to see the way that they have been impacted by it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think – for me, again, it has been one of the most rewarding experiences. But when I when I look back on the work, it has made me even more motivated to get this work into schools. So about six years ago, I started I um, I started this nonprofit initiative. We piloted in two middle schools in Charlotte Mecklenburg County in Charlotte Mecklenburg School District, um, and then and then the pandemic happened, and we built a middle school curriculum. And my whole goal is that every child has access to this work, whether or not they walk into my office. And to be able to teach teachers and bring this into schools to, to help them build these pillars around systems, connection, perspective, and acceptance, and to really spread this message, I think, um, it, that's really what I've gotten out of the, the book and the work that I've done in visiting with these students because it's made it all the more ready and all the more critical that every child have, has access to this work. And so the book is the first step, right? You know, I had some parents from very different backgrounds read the book and say, wow, I now feel like I know this invisible handbook of what I'm supposed to do to support my kid that nobody talks about. And that's the goal. It's really how do we support all families? Every, I feel like everybody, every parent wants the very best for their child, and there's only so much we all know. Um, so figuring out how do we do that um, is really the motivation that I got from doing this work. Okay. I want to ask you a personal question as we are talking about this for students or racing the finish line. What about for your own life? I was curious after mm-hmm. reading this book and thinking about yourself and your own journey that you've been on, you know, for, for 20 mm-hmm. plus years. Uh, what has it been yeah. like for you to kind of erase the finish line for yourself and redefine what success is for you? 
Oh, I love that question. So a little bit of background. Um, so I graduated in college, and I graduated in 2001. So I, um, I had this job in finance in New York, and then about two weeks before 9-11, my appendix nearly burst, but I was in emergency surgery. And then up until then, I was taking the train to the World Trade Center every day. And I really didn't like my job. And then right, you know, in November, I ended up um, getting laid off. And I always knew I wanted to work with students. My senior year in college, I had worked, I talked to a professor. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. He says, tell me about the qualities of what you want to do. And I said, I really want to write and I want to help people and I want to travel. And that's basically it. I want a job that can do all three. And that's actually the work that I do with kids is ask them the qualities, right, rather than the name or the, the, the title. And so when I started working with students, now it's going to be 20, you know, over 20 years, um, I never thought I was going to be doing this two decades later. I never would have imagined how things happen. And that is, you know, all of the stuff I write about in the book I've experienced personally in that, you know, this idea of having perspective, being open and curious, um, being you know, available, like being okay with something happening and you're like, okay, my goal is to write a book. Who would have known this guy who called this woman that I peripherally knew who she was put in touch with would basically be the connector to make that happen, um, you know, 15 years ago. And so this idea of being open and curious, but also figuring out what are the ways that you can pay it forward when things greatly happen to you um, are all important things that I learned you know, I have many systems. I, I, as part of the book, when I was when I was writing the book, um, my dad was cleaning up his like all of his papers, and he was like one of that parent that keeps everything. So he had dropped off a bunch of papers at my house, and I'm cleaning my report card from like middle school. And so <laughs> I have a fifth grade report card, and it says, Anna is very capable, but she's not that organized. <laughs> and I was like, What? I didn't know this. I didn't remember this. But this idea of coming up with systems obviously came from my own need um, and helping students with that for the last 20 plus years and trying to bring this into schools. It's like we're missing this key part of the school experience um, and helping kids with connection comes from, you know, moving cross country when I was 12 and really being in a new environment and, and making sure that there are multiple ways to feel connected at every time. Um, so, you know, I, I, this is, you know, this book is, for, for all four of my books, this is by far the most personal. Um, gotcha. And for me, and I, I really do, I did create my own blueprint, and I, and I want kids to feel like they can too, and, and families to feel like this is a way to not, not trade off success, but actually really support well-being and success in ways you would have never imagined, which is what has happened for me. Yeah. And I have to say, when I was reading the book and when I finished and I thought about this conversation with you, the thing that I thought about that I think the cover really brings to life so beautifully is that it never stops, right? I mean, there, I mean, mm -hmm. there, we can continue, you know, no matter how old we are to keep pushing those boundaries, to keep pushing ourselves as to what we're able to mm -hmm. do. And I think there's so many great examples of that. So thank you so much for writing this book, and thank you for the great conversation. Again, Erasing the Finish Line is the book, The New Blueprint for Success Beyond Grades and College Admission. On how can our audience stay connected with you? 
Um, well, they can reach uh, they can reach out to erasingthefinishline.com, and in that they can fill out a form, and it also leads to my personal website, anahamoyan.com. All right. Well, Anna, again, congratulations to you. Continued success you. to you. Looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.